What's up, gamers? Welcome to Battle Mallet Podcast, episode 58, Special Operations Mask Force. For anyone that isn't familiar, the Battle Mallet Podcast is the journey of three busy gamers playing games that they love, balancing life with those games, and making their way to the Nova Open Convention every year. Registration opening soon. Uh, my name is Jared Johnson. Tonight, I am joined by Trace Al Capone Hyde. What's up, everybody? And Jason Tabled Nude Murray. Do you know that Power Wash Simulator Warhammer 40K releases in just three days on Steam? Just three days on Steam? Three days away. Man, now we can all cleanse the taint of chaos from various Warhammer 40,000 universes. It feels even worse when you say it. It does feel bad to say it out loud. Uh, Anyway... So moving on from that, um, we are here recording on the 23rd of February. February. I hate it's too many R's. And this comes from a, a kid that grew up, say, in rural. Um, anyway, here we are. So we're a week out from Nova, um, but it's been almost two months since we've recorded. So there's a lot to catch up on. I'm going to kick things over to Trace. What you been up to? Uh, I've done. I've I've been painting tiny tiny mans. Wait, sorry. Huh. We're so good at podcasting. Yeah, yeah. So in this episode, we're gonna spend some time catching up on what we've been up to. We're gonna talk a little bit about our plans for Nova, and then we're gonna go into a deep dive on some decks that Jason and I have constructed using the malevolent masks, the, how does Jason say it? He's not even paying attention. masks. That's usually how it comes out. Maleficent masks. The magnificent masks. Yeah. So that's what we're going to get into eventually. Now, Trace, apologies for interrupting. You've been painting some tiny mans. Continue. Uh, I have 200 tiny, tiny mans uh, almost completely done. Oh, good for you. Um, I need to do a little bit of black highlighting and then do a wash on them and then put them on their tiny, tiny bases. And then I will move on to the walkers and the tanks after that. So nice. Um, I picked a scheme for those. Uh, the scheme is called the Deathless, I believe. Yeah, the Deathless, and I had no idea that they're actually um, one of the Solar Auxilia uh, detachments that are heavily involved in the Beta Garmin engagements. So that's pretty cool because that fits in with the new campaign book that's coming out. They're actually from Theta Garmin. Oh, um, so that's pretty cool. Been working on that. I uh, painted a test mini for some newer sculpts of the Chaos Warriors that have come out for some old world action. Um, I did some traveling. Uh, actually, had to travel for work, which took me to uh, wintry Wisconsin. Um, and there, I actually got to hang out with 
the What the Hex crew for a couple of nights. Um, had dinner with Davey, Phil, Brian, and Skyler um, on Tuesday. Or, yeah, Tuesday. And then actually came out and hung out with them um, on their regular game night on their Thursday. Um, didn't get to play anything, but just kind of hung out and shot the bull with some people. Um, that was fun. Um, so thanks to those guys for their hospitality. Uh, it was a lot of fun getting to see you all um, and watch Skyler get just demolished by Bobby. That's right. Oh, I, I missed it. Way to go, Bobby. Wish I was there. Bob, Bobby got him good. Bobby got him good. It's not that hard, uh, Bobby, but I, I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so I've not played a ton of games. Um, I've been kind of out of the picture for game nights pretty much for a whole month now. So that's really all I have to report on <laughs> is that stuff. So, um, I mean, painting, you've painted essentially two sets of solar auxilia from the starter set, the, the, the infantry. That's correct. That's pretty impressive, sir. Yeah. There's, there's, they're on their stickies, most of them, or yeah. put them on a popsicle stick. But that is a slog to try and get through all those. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Um, and for the solar auxilia, I think it's harder than the Marines because the Marines, you can paint pretty much all one color. Yeah. A little bit of a spot color, pick out the bolter, and you're kind of done. Right. Right. These, there's like carapace armor and there's like fatigues and the rifle and all this other stuff. I feel like that they're the more intricate of the two sets as far as the, um, yeah, the tiny minis go. Um, I guess we haven't recorded since the flesh eater courts article dropped either. No, we haven't. Um, yeah. So I, my, Morbeg nights were actually featured on the Warhammer community page as well. So that's been a fun thing that's happened um, that since the last time we recorded too. Super cool. It was very cool. I was very excited. Um, it was cool to be on the page and see some of the other different ways that people had painted those models. And um, I felt very lucky to be on there. Jason, what about you, bud? I know you've been playing a lot of games. Some involving minis, a lot not. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's definitely been been busy since the last time that we recorded. Uh, what, a month and a half ago now? Yep. Almost two months, something like that. I don't even know. Yep. Who's keeping count? Not this guy. Um, so, jeez, uh, where, where to begin? I think I'll begin with the purge. So every year I kind of get this thing where we start the first of the year um, about just getting rid of stuff um, and downsizing in the house in particular, like as we all gather and, and keep stuff. Um, but this year it hit pretty hard with, um, with my Warhammer collection. Uh, Warhammer 40 K is definitely cooled for us. Uh, we haven't played that a whole lot. We did play it over this past year, but that's really been about it. And I had a lot, a lot of stuff. Like a lot, a lot. Like a 
like a lot. And this is after purging last year, which cleaned out a lot of the the backstock collection last year as well. Um, but this year looked at, I had Space Marines, I had Necrons, I had a whole bunch of train and really have not used any of it in not just one year, not just two years, but in lots of years. Um, so posted all that stuff up. Most of it is gone. Um, so, you know, definitely got rid of all the train um, and most of the space rings. Necrons have been slowly moving, but which was a huge injection into hobby funds uh, and also is going to be funding a Disney trip. So that will just give our listeners the scope of which <laughs> was sold. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, so a lot of, lot of, and all of it was in box. Like most of it, I should say was in box. There was a few things that were built, but most of it was new on sprue in box. Uh, so all that stuff went, um, and then that kind of sparked this, like when I have so much room now, like the closets cleaned out, the, uh, racks upstairs in the attic are basically three quarters empty, uh, started the search for a new game. Uh, ha- love Legion Imperialis, so at least want to try Legion's Imperialis. And I say try because there's the whole stock issue, which is a whole nother topic that we could probably do a 25 minute podcast on again, um, about how I just can't get enough stuff for that game. Um, so haven't yet played that, but, uh, that is one game. Then we have MCP, which there was a little downsizing MCP. And then I kind of stopped. I need to continue that. Uh, but I wrote a list out for all my MCP stuff so I could just play um, basically Avengers with a little bit of Defenders. Um, but then I tried, let's see, so that money, get to the point, right, Jason? That freed up money allowed <laughs> me to try uh, searching for board games, card games, miniature games, all in in between. So I played Marvels Unlimited, uh, played that with a local Rob. That was really, really fun. Uh, looked at buying that whole set, and as I am a completionist, that would be a huge investment um, to get that cool mini or not game. So we probably won't go that route. I've uh, been playing a lot of Dice Throne. I love that game, so I now own everything that there is to own for Dice Throne until the new Kickstarter comes out at the end of the year. Um, so that that was a investment. I uh, haven't played Shatterpoint yet, but that one is on the horizon maybe. Uh, but then it's been a big investment into Loracana, As a lot of you have heard, I have been playing with Emma and that has taken up most of my free time, um, with her. And then the new set just came out this weekend. So made a hefty investment into that new set. Um, looked at flesh and blood. I've looked at Marvel's unlimited. You get the, the theme going here with the, the collectible card games. Uh, and then Pokemon, because my children have jumped into Pokemon, so I've started to explore that realm uh, as well. And then I think on more of a miniatures front, we kicked off the Underworlds League here locally, and that has been a lot of fun and has led to the discussion, which we'll have later, uh, where I am playing Sepulchral Guard and Masks. Uh, I got back miniatures from Justin, so my Thricefold Discord, and um, oh my goodness, the Ideneth Deepkin, the uh, Sinieri's Razors, Sirenese Razors, Syndicate's Razors, one of them, 
Jared's on mute. So Some, somebody's razors. <laughs> um, and those both came out fantastic. So uh, you guys haven't seen those yet, but um, the copperhead look uh, on one of the thrice fold looks fantastic. Um, so that she looks cool. The other two are just painted standard slanesh, like purplish grays. Um, what else have I played? Oh, the other randomness as I freed up space because of my hobby sell off. Oh, to finish that story. Oh my goodness. So random today, just random stuff. I did keep some 40 K miniatures. So basically my 40 K collection is painted crimson fists plus 20 unpainted models, which all fill up my carrying case. Um, so that's a lot of fun there. Um, and then the other thing that I've got into is comic books again. So totally went off the, the deep end. Uh, I saw an ad for a Lilo and stitch comic, which made me open the link. And then little did I know that they're relaunching or did relaunch the ultimates line of comic books which was the only comic books that I really ever got into and collected. So I had to go back and find ultimate universe, which was the one-off then ultimate invasion, which was a four runs thing. And I found all of those and now we're into ultimate Spider-Man ultimate black Panther. And next month will be ultimate X-Men. And I then picked up, um, Oh my goodness. Uh, Avengers awakening. Is that what it's called? I think so. I think so. It's like a redone Avengers, which is fantastic. If you haven't read it, highly recommend it. Uh, I think that's pretty much where I think we're caught up. Yeah, Lots I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lorcana, 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 Lorcana. Ink it, ink it, quest it. Jared, you? Yeah, so, um, not a ton on the painting front. Um, so coming into the new year, um, well, going out of last year, my son Kyle had expressed some interest in um, in Marvel Crisis Protocol. And so, you know, I had him playing around with it. Uh, I managed to uh, pick up and paint uh, a bunch of the Web Warriors. So he was running that list. And then I helped Jason out with his purge because uh, I felt like it would be appropriate for the Web Warriors to fight against Spider-Foes. Um, and I had purchased the Earth Smitey's core set that came with the new Doc Ock and the new Spider-Man anyway. So um, I have uh, primed the Spider-Foes that I got from Jason, but have not put any paint on them. Um, I got a, a, a brain worm, earworm, I don't know, an itch in my creative brain and painted the binary form of Carol Danvers, Cosmic Avenger that comes in the Earth's Mightiest Core set uh, and got some some tips and some some guidance from Trace on that one. And I'm actually really happy with how it turned out. She looks like she's made of fire or energy or something. You um, did great on her. I thought you did awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, she turned out really good. I'm excited. Um, but with that, uh, both of my kids swim. And on Wednesdays, the travel arrangements get a little wonky. So what I have started doing is dropping my daughter off for her practice that starts in the early evening. 
then my son and I go and we play games in a game store for a couple of hours. And so for about three or four weeks, that was Marvel Crisis Protocol. We're able to get through about two turns um, in, in a couple of hours, hour and a half, by the time we have to pack up and get him ready for his evening practice. Um, but that has recently turned into Pokemon and I'm kind of excited about that because it is something that my seven-year-old is expressing interest in as well. So it's just games that we can play together. And my wife has actually played a couple of games of Pokemon with the kids. So, um, you know, it's been fun to be able to, to play games. And so now I have something that eats up my free time when I'm waiting for code to compile or waiting to hear back from somebody or, you know, I'm sitting on in my bed trying to go to sleep and I can't stupid TCG live. The, the, the app <laughs> it's, it's killing me a little bit. It's not bad, but I, I, I can, do. I do remember a few, it's probably a year ago now when uh, Marvel snap came out and trace and I were playing that and you're like, no, no, no. And now you're, you found the beauty that is a card game on your phone. I <laughs> know. Uh, Makes me wonder what I was missing out on. Do you guys even play Marvel Snap anymore? I have it still. I've played it every now and then. I have not played it as much as I was playing. Jason wants sure. it to be a real card game. Yeah, if it was a real card game, be, I'd play it. Would it would be a great real card yeah. game. Um, but outside of that, um, I've been participating in the Underworlds League and uh, have actually worked my schedule out to actually be able to play on Mondays with most of the, the crew. Um, and then my brother came up a couple of weekends ago. Um, and so we got some games in, we, uh, got played a bunch of games in, didn't you? Yeah. Well, we, so he played some Pokemon with the kids. We, um, we got two combat patrol games of 40 K in and his Necron combat patrol just absolutely stomped my gray Knights combat patrol. Um, and then we played an, a, a game of age of Sigmar. Um, and then we just got some little, like we played some Pokemon games and little stuff in, between there but like we played legit garage hammer like i set up my tables in the garage we had it set up so that we were out of the way so that you know we could get set up we could take a turn and then go do something with the kids eat a meal come back take another turn play with the kids outside take another turn get the kids to bed take another turn Um, but it was all set up in the garage um, and we played that and i understand now why ocr bone reapers are at the top of the faction list because uh, i'm not even right running this the what was the preeminent sub faction um that just turns off spells on a two plus which is a four plus null now mi- i the think null myriad the null myriad yeah i'm running petrifex elite because the lore attracted me and the paint scheme i thought was cool but yeah so been getting a lot going on um rim racers is supposed to drop this week Supposed to release on the 29th. Yeah, I, I can't okay. wait to get that in. We'll, we'll keep and, you guys posted on that one. And, I'm and excited. Play that. I'm, I'm really excited to get it and take it back to Nova and see if we can't get a game of like five carts going at once. Oh, uh, that'd be awesome. Or like two games of five carts. Yeah. Just, just pack it all and pack be, in it the, all in. be in the lounge. Just yeah. playing Mario Kart, but with minis. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. the, the other the other big thing that we didn't touch on, Jared, was uh, both you and I joined the online league for the first time 
in a very, very long time. No, that's so true. Made our triumphant return to that. Um, Tri- triumphant is a strong word. Yeah. I think we're both 0 and 1 right now. Hey, I'm all, yeah, I might have lost by one point. I gave him the Murray special where it's supposed to be best of three. And I'm like, listen, you win game one, you win the whole thing. Because I don't have three hours to play. Sorry. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Yeah. I, I tried the Murray special. And uh, so I played G of uh, running Cyrene's Razors at World's Fame and internet fame. Um, and he graciously declined. He said that he did not want to give me the, he did not want to take the advantage on a best of one matchup. So, um, but it was fine because I won round one anyway, and then he won round two, and then he won round three. So, well, you done messed up by winning round one. It only works if you lose the first game. Right. I know. <laughs> Uh, it's fun to be back at, be back at that again, but you know, definitely a common theme for, for all of us is really shifting that our children are becoming to that age where games are starting to take a hold. Um, so it's been really cool to see everyone branching out and playing things with, with the kids. And, you know, I think that might dictate what we have going on here over the next couple months, um, locally, at least trying to get that spun up where we all can, can play together a game looks like this might currently might be the Pokemon train, but hopefully it branches into other more tabletop board game stuff. But uh, it is really, really cool to, to hear those stories or see those stories as they come across, um, you know, the, our picture feeds. Um, it just dictates what this all started about a couple years ago, right? Like balancing life with those games or, balancing games with that life yeah one way or the other and now it's really merging together where we're getting to share that with our families yeah it's pretty exciting it is but nova will always be ours nova will always be ours (laughs) so speaking of nova why don't we break here uh and when we come back well it'll be a super short segment Um, because we don't really know what we're registered for, but we're just going to chat about the schedule and what our potential plans are for Nova 2024. We'll be right back. And we're back. All right, boys, it is that time of year. It is the time of year where the excitement and the buzz of the Nova open schedule is upon us. Uh, Tabletop events posted that what today, the same day that we're recording, I believe it's yep. official today. Um, so lots of fun things on there. Um, it sounds like we have many options across all the days that what that we're there to play games, and um, there were some cool new seminars that I noticed uh, when I was looking through. Um, of folks from across the pond who are coming over here, which is a good sign because that means that Nova is growing, but we knew that already. Um, so the schedule's out. What are we thinking that we might uh, be looking to participate in a little bit this, this year? Jared, why don't we start well, with you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think the, the first and foremost is, uh, you know, it's our, 
really our one big chance every year to play yeah. in a big Underworlds game, big Underworlds tournament. So it's on Sunday again. It'll be another, I assume, five-round slog of just amazingness uh, starting at 8 in the morning. The primer is not live yet, um, but I'm sure it'll be up soon. And then outside of that, like, I don't know. I don't, I mean, what did we sign? We signed up for Kingdom Death last year and then just didn't do it. And then we didn't, we just played free games. Like, I don't think we signed up for anything last year. Well, we didn't know. We definitely had tickets to a bunch of stuff, but we didn't participate in any of it. Like, there were MCP things that we had planned to do that we just did not participate in. We did the MC Open Play. Yeah. But we also, we had a team ticket last year. Oh, and we dropped like late. Yeah. We dropped before the event, but late. Um, And really, like, there was not, we didn't play, we didn't play in anything organized with a ticket other than Underworlds. Yeah. That's true. And, that, and that's where this conversation and this, the, you know, for our listeners, this is a pretty raw conversation. We talked about it a little bit earlier today via our Friday discord session, but not in depth, but this is the most exciting week until we get to Nova is kind of like figuring out the schedule and what we want to do. Cause it dictates our hobby for the whole summer. Um, and that we go through it every year. Like, are we going to sign up for events? Are we just going to go and do whatever, are we going to play team events? Are we going to play this game, play that game? And we're we're right in it now. Like, I think as you pointed out, Jared, like Sunday will be Underworlds. Um, for most of our listeners, like that is going to be the controversy. Oh, look, Nova is a single day event or, you know, how can you have a 64 player sign up and just do one day and not a cut? I like Sunday. Like it is, I listen, we are not, associated with the event in the arranging scheduling process. I just really prefer it on Sunday because it gets it off all the days that have the main games of 40 K and AOS. I prefer a one day because it allows me to take the other four days in Nova and do whatever the heck I want with it. Um, although I do, I would love to have a cut because I do think that that, spreads your games out it makes the first day really intense and then once you make the cut you can kind of just go with it but i just want underworlds one day but then what about the other days we have all these other games that we're all interested in what are we gonna do what are we gonna do i mean that's the question and so i think probably what's gonna happen is i think we'll probably get an mcp team tournament ticket um, our uh, lost but not forgotten former podcast mate Danny threw in one of our group chats uh, who was going to join he and I in being the worst MCP team. And so the backstory there, because we actually didn't talk about this, is I think that Danny is on like a eight or nine game winning streak when playing against me in Marvel crisis protocol, um, because I am really just a Timmy when it comes to Marvel crisis protocol, I want to put my cool minis in the middle of the table and have them do cool stuff. 
And it turns out that when you put all of your miniatures in the middle of the table to get beat up on by the likes of Dormammu and She-Hulk and Captain Marvel, Cosmic Avenger, you don't really score a lot of points in the game. So anyway, so all of that to say, I told Danny that I would join him and that they could just throw me at whatever they think the hardest list is going to be in the team matchup, and I will just take one on the chin and hopefully throw a building or two and do like one cool superpower and then end the game after round three and go get a snack or a drink or something. But other than MCP and Underworlds, like Old World conflicts with Underworlds, so that one's going to be, that's off for me. Um, I mean, Age of Sigmar doubles. It's always on Thursday. That's always up in the air. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't have anything solid. I don't. I don't have anything definitive other than Underworlds and like eighty percent on the MCP team thing. Yeah. What you got, Trace? Uh, so I, I'm highly conflicted this year. Um, because Old World coming back, that's the game that got me. Fantasy is what got me into the hobby long, 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 long time ago. Um, and so with its kind of revival, uh, the the Old World event is Saturday and Sunday. Um, and so I want to play Underworlds on Sunday. But I also don't want to split split an event, you know, play on Saturday of Old World and then split it with Sunday and play Underworlds. Um, so I'm kind of on the fence right now as far as what I'm going to do. Because um, I had a lot of fun with all the opponents that I played last year in Underworlds, even though I will always be in Jared's pocket when it comes to Underworlds. Um, just constant. Um, and then there's also things that are happening earlier in the week. Uh, so to, to kind of backpedal just a touch, if I play old world, um, I will probably not be the third in the team tournament for MCP. So that would probably be Jason and Jared and Danny, but there's also Friday events for legions Imperialis, which we all have models for. Um, it doesn't look like there's terribly high amounts of tickets for that event. So that will probably be a deciding factor is how quickly those sell out. Um, but there's interest there, at least from my perspective, because I, like I said in the intro, I'm painting lots and lots of tiny men. Um, and I want to play with those tiny men. Uh, and like Jared said, there's been several years that we've played doubles in AOS. It is definitely not off the table. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot of options this year to do. Um, Jason, I know you're for sure playing Underworlds, but like you said, I think we... Are you interested in doing Legions Imperialis at Nova too, or are you interested in doing other things? Yeah, so I mean, for for me, it's just Legions. So if I did Legions Imperialis, that's Friday, 
then Marvel Crisis Protocol Saturday, and then Underworlds on Sunday, which I am not opposed to. The The thing that I'm struggling with is what exactly do I want to achieve out of my con? And that is last year we just played whatever and had fun as a group yep. and hanging out with other groups, right? Um, because the other things that I have in my mind is, okay, if we're going, like I, I kind of want to do want to organize an Underworlds event. We talked about it last year, but like, is that Thursday during the day doing a Rivals event? Is that Thursday night? If I do it Thursday night, that's one less night that we have in the gaming lounge, which is like the draw for me, right? So, okay, there's that. Rem Racers, we just chatted about it in the intro. Like, I'd love to bring Rem Racers and set that up. I'd love to play a game like we did with Dune last year. We did that. A Marvel Crisis event, like where we played Jiramu, that is one of my greatest memories of nova is just hanging out and doing that so if we sign up for events these things like go away it's it's so stressful but so much fun because it's for me i just want to play as many games the other thing i'd love to do is i'd love to bring dice throne like i have 16 different characters in dice throne and just say hey meet up at the lounge let's have a little fun tournament i don't care if you know how to play we kind of do like a draft or like a random selection of characters. And we have 16 people playing dice throne. Like that would be super, super fun. So I don't know. All I know is I want to go, I want to be there. I want to have fun. I want to play all the freaking games. I don't know what I want the schedule to be right now. If you had to put a gun to my head and say, Hey, you have to sign up. It probably is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then maybe I just drop. I don't know guys. It's awesome. This is great times. Woo! Let's go sign up for Nova. Yeah, not, that, I'm, not, I'm not sure how much of that is Jason's true energy or his meds that he's on. <laughs> <laughs> Go get it. That's a little of both. But I, yeah, I think Come what's going to happen on Mountain Dew. is Jason's going to sign up for a bunch of events and then drop them all. Probably. That's what's going to happen. That's probably yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. And by the way, you would have to choose between Daytime Legions Imperialis and MCP. Because no, the MCP Friday, team Saturday. thing is on Friday. There's two. There's, there's one on two. Saturday two? and one on Sunday. You shut your mouth. The one that can't. The one that Danny is talking about is. Oh, the team tournament is on a Saturday. Yep, there it is. It's yeah, Saturday two. specifically. Nice. Cool. Yeah. So we don't know. Underworlds, yes. For Maybe. Jason and Jason. Jason, Jason and Jason. Jason, Jason and, and Jared. Jared. <laughs> Jason, 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 and Jared. The law offices. Wait, let me Google. Is there a Loracana? There's not. No, there's not. I look. There's Magic the Gathering. There's no Pokemon either. I looked at that too because I was going to be like, hmm, can I (laughs) get Daniela to bring the kids up? I need you to play Loracana. Loracana is so much better than Pokemon. Listen, you got to get my kids. You get my kids into Loracana, I'm into Loracana. But right now, the kids are into. Here's a Mountain Dew. Pokemon. Loracana. Yeah, you wouldn't even have to get Mountain Dew. You could just give them like Sprite <laughs> or Gatorade. Prime. Gatorade. Yeah. My kids don't drink soda. So anything that you give them would be my my son's my son's vice is that prime drink. I don't I don't know what that is. This feels so like I, a yeah. really bad tangent. No, it's prime prime is really good, but we it's had to stop. Good. Like we had to stop with the prime. That's all funny. all the kids are doing it, Jared. Yeah. Well, I'm not a kid. It's coconut so. water. Oh, okay. Yeah. My son would be into that. 
with lots it's, of flavor. Yeah, it's got flavor. My least cool. favorite is the popsicle. See, I like the popsicle. It is super sweet. It's My least sweet. favorite too is sweet. the white. Too sweet. I don't like the white one. So anyway, so that's Nova. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I guess we'll take a break. Yeah, we will take a break, and we'll be back in just a minute to talk about some... I can't masks. wait for Friday! Masks, decks. Okay, we'll be back in a minute. Bye. And we're back. All righty, guys. So we are going to talk about the first of two decks that features the Menacing Masks uh, expansion uh, rivals deck in conjunction with some deathly warbands of various uh, flavors. The first one we're going to talk about is Jason's um, Warden's Waltz deck. Oh, yeah. They're just they're just dancing everywhere. They, they, they got their dancing shoes on, huh? They do dance everywhere. It's dancing. It's, it's very pretty. It's it is. Dance macabing all over the place. No, that's <laughs> the other death war band that's fair um so jason so why don't you talk through uh we'll do this similar to our normal uh rivals kind of format why don't you talk through your three favorite um objectives that you have in this deck well trace thanks for asking you know i really appreciate you Wanting to get to the bottom of why I think that Masks is a great and fantastic Rivals deck. You know, I think that it just, it gives a lot of utility to these Horde Warbands or Death Warbands. Um, it is, it's just a lot of fun. I, I like, I've really enjoyed this. It's in conjunction with Fish Mode's Unspent Glory podcast, or I'm sorry, um, Unspent Glory blog. There we go. Oh, Spent blog. Glory. Oh, damn Spent it. Glory, sir. Why is it an unspent? It should be spent. Unspent? Who knows? Too much but, Mountain Dew. <laughs> jacked up on Mountain Dew. No, in all seriousness, like I've really been enjoying Menacing Masks. Yeah. And Fish Mode did spark something into me, like to get back to my roots. So everyone knows I played Sepulchral Guard way back in the day. Haven't been there. Long comes masks, and I think that kind of like Void Cursed, like masks just gives a little, little pep, a little spice to Horde yeah. Warbands. And you know, when you ask what am I looking for out of the Warden's Waltz turn one, really, I want to mulligan for one specific card objective, and that's the March of the Dead. And I know that doesn't come out of masks. But this objective has where you either have a move or charge token on five friendly fighters, and there's nothing better than to get that turn one because it kind of gives you the two glory at the end phase to really set you apart. The other thing that I'm really like surprised about this is when we did the review, you had Audacious uh, Aspect and Vision of Success, which are two surge objectives Audacious Aspect says that you have to have a mask upgrade and be on an odd objective. Vision of Success is a mask upgrade and be on an even objective. And we kind of thought, like, that's hard. You need some seed glory. Well, you're playing skeletons. It's not super easy to get seed glory, right? Like, it is 
It is not the easiest to do when you have two move, you have hitting for two damage fighters across the board in your bleeding glory. Mm-hmm. When I first tried this, I thought these two were like, ah, like maybe this is going to be a turn two, turn three type of, of, of objective. But what I found with the Warden's Waltz or his action to get your um, fighters to move across the board, they're really mobile. And when you pair that with March of the Dead or something like um, Lay the Claim where you're holding more um, or retake what's ours, really turn one, I'm just positioning anyway. I'm not really attacking a whole lot unless there's a target of opportunity or someone comes in and misses an attack and they're just like sitting next to me and I'm on an objective. I'm trying to get across the boards. And if I have to place objectives, I can set these two up. I'm placing three objectives, setting one over the line and setting myself up to hold three. And most of the time, just the odds have it that I have an even and an odd, or I have the ability to hold three with one being across the line, or I have the, um, the ability to get two in no man's or the, you know, two in enemy territory to kind of trigger these super easy surges because they're after an activation step. So um, just remember that when you wardens waltz, you can move fault fighters multiple times, right? Like it's, it's really a, a great update. And those three objectives, if you can score just two of them, turn one, that's three glory that powers up all your upgrades it kind of sets up the rest of the game for you to go and attack and you want your fighters to die once or twice because you want to inspire them. So um, the other thing that I found too in, in playing in nemesis is like three wounds is, is pretty good. So it's typically two attacks that has to get through that champion or that harvester or my newfound hero, the prince, the prince of dust, Le le petit prince. Listen, the Prince of Dust hung out in the background all the season one that I played him. No more. That that damage one was so painful. It was in season one. And now it's damage two with knockback nah. and stagger, and he's on a block. Like that the block is really what's setting it oh, yeah. like yeah. up for me. Is that unlike the champion who is going to die to a stiff wind, like the prince has a s- snowball's chance to, to roll that block. So yeah, so it looks like you got four out of your twelve objectives as masks. Um, yes, it's kind of a light sprinkling, mm-hmm. as you were talking about. Just a dash, just a dash, a dash of masquerade. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So so walk us through some of your reasoning for some of your gambits. I see that you've got three of the masks. Um, gambits in here. You have Hooded Rush, Maskborn, and Unveiled Ambitions. So tell me a little bit more about in the whole context of your gambits as to why those three. Yeah, so really when it comes to the skeletons gambits, it's attack more or attack again uh-huh. or pushes. And Hooded Rush is like, again, when you have mobility issues, if once I get that mask upgrade out, I can now push to, which allows me to reposition if I have to get on an objective, or I can reposition to take a second swing. Mm-hmm. 
like it really helps you set up those, those attacks that you're going to need at least one or two to, to get through. Um, Massborn is just doing, I really wish Massborn gave a raise counter. Like if it gave a raise counter, this would be Perfect. awesome. Yeah. But um, the fact that you can bring somebody back and then make an action with them um, can really help you achieve a, a lot that we need to achieve here. So um, you bring them back. You, there's a bunch of pushes. You can make that attack action. Um, maybe it's a mask action to get off a, uh, a Victrix eye. Um, that really, really helps. And it just feeds into we're always going to come back. Uh, and then it looks the like your standard fair on the yeah. rest of the other stuff, right? Like it's a lot of push, a lot of move, extra raised stuff. Um, yeah, listen, the, the bee's knees is the inexhaustible warriors. Like yeah. if I had to pick yeah. one to get turn one, especially the fact that I want to be moving and setting up position, the plus one move to all the fighters for the entire round. I like literally, again, I was worried that the skeletons, because in season one, I never really left my territory. Yeah. The last game that I played, I ended up by resurrecting a fighter and in two actions, getting him to the back of a lawn board oh, to hold yeah, an objective. Moving. Like it, there is a ton of movement in the skeletons now. Um, Exhaustible Warriors is a big part of that. Um, but so is Hooded Rush. There's also a bunch of pushes in there as well um, with the gambits. So there's there's a, a good a good mixture. Yeah. Um, yep. So. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it looks. I understand kind of your perspective on why you built some of your ploys the way you did. Um, and, in you know, not really surprising fashion, you've gone a little bit more heavy on your upgrades with the masks because a lot of those objectives require you to have a mask, right? So, um, and just having the extra abilities and extra functionality and tech that you gain from the masks is pretty cool. So why don't you talk through some of the ones that why you chose what well let's just let's just say this why don't what's your favorite two mask upgrades that you put into the deck what are you what have your been what have been your mvp masks? well mb shroud is the mvp because it makes them from three wounds to four wounds to my heavy fighters right yep. it, it, it achieves the mask plus getting me to that definitely a two-hit scenario so that's my my number one. But the nice thing again, when you have a warband that has built in um, action economy when it comes to movement, the actions to take the mask action happen a little more frequently. Like right. plus one damage with smile, plus one dice, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not plus one. The reroll with the the veil. Um, but probably the other MVP is the Howling Hood. Like, this is a positional warband. When I've played this, you know, the handful of times I've played, I think I have six reps in now with this deck. It is, like, to be able to push a somebody away is very vital to where I want to go, whether that's freeing up an objective I want to get on or setting up um, ceaseless attacks. Like, that is the other one that, like, oh, you probably won't do this a lot. Yeah, it is definitely situational, but when I want to get to where I want to get to or I want to push you where I want to push you, 
it's really been been beneficial. Again, I have the luxury of when I make a move action, I'm doing two at a time. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, the built-in action economy does make a lot of sense as to why. And not to mention your resurrection mechanic. Like you put a mask on a dude, it you're not really losing anything because you can always bring him back and have mm-hmm. that value for the whole game. Whereas some yeah. other war bands don't gain that benefit, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, um, like you could you could have somebody take a mask action, like get yeah. the rerolls or the extra damage or whatever, and then they die. Yep. Then you bring them back with a gambit, and then they can attack again, and whatever effect they had from the mask is still in effect. It's not a counter that clears when they die. It's not a token that gets removed when they get removed from the table. So, yeah, and that would be, I mean, the best case scenario is like I put the plus one damage on to the champion or the Prince of Dust. I take that action turn one because I have something to burn. I then charge in and hit somebody. And then in turn, I get killed. Like I get charged back and killed. Then I can use like the uh, startling reformation or restless dead, I think it's called, which are difficult to work around now because like you get a charge action, right? That the token that kind of goes on them, but I can then like resurrect them and push them where they need to go. Right. And if Mm -hmm. I'm all charged out, I can then attack or you use the, the card to make an attack action with a, a masked fighter. Like they're just, um, and again, ceaseless attacks is probably the easiest way to get that to trigger off. But the fact that I now have the masks mask on there, um, or if I resurrect them with the, the warden, I now have another activation to use the plus one damage. So, yeah. Or any of the other utility things that you guys, that you have in there, which is super yeah. cool. Um, so is this kind of like, are you still tweaking this? Are there any adjustments that you want to make? Because I'm sure that folks will want to see this deck on the Nemesis library at some point. It's already there in its current version. Oh. Yeah, so I'm still tweaking, um, still tweaking it because I do take out, I forget the name of it, the one that allows you to take a mask action like with the, the, the gambit on there. Mm-hmm. I forget the name of that gambit, but I've taken that out. Taking over is the name of that one. So I'm sorry, what was that? Taking over. Taking over, yeah. I've taken that out. Um, I still think that there's a little bit to play with this. Um, if someone has push tech against you, like so I've played a lot of Drom. I've won against Drom. Uh, I just lost in the online league by one point to Drom. Like, so it, because he had a push in his deck that kind of like disrupted me. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely still some learnings to, to go through um, here. Um, but just like I fell in love with them the first time, like there's such a Swiss army knife of a war band mm-hmm. that I feel like I, I have a way out. Um, and I think it's pretty, pretty close to, to being done. Uh, the other card that kind of comes in and out is petitioners uh, oath. I thought I would like that more, um, but I don't currently put my petitioners in harm's way. Um, and I haven't seen anyone play super fast aggro to get to like kind of my back 
my back line. So yeah, very cool. I like it. It sounds like you've got a pretty sound plan for what your first couple hands should be and kind of what you're looking for, which is awesome. It's always great to kind of get a peek behind the curtain of the Jason brain. Um, although sometimes scary. Could be, could be. Cause remember if I win the roll off, I'm longboarding you. Oh, and you, yeah. better yeah, not you, make, you better not make a mistake in placing objectives. Cause if you do, that's where this war band can shine. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So we talked about some Waltzen. Now let's uh, shift gears a little bit. We're still talking about some, some skeletons, but of a different flavor. We're going to talk about Jared's uh, Velmorn's Visages deck, which is a little more heavily favored into the masks. It is. So whereas Jason was about one third of his deck, uh, as far as the objectives go into the masks, Jared is 50, 50. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your objective deck, Jared? Yeah. So I think one of the hardest things about playing Belmorn is a lot of their surge objectives are based on hitting or killing. Um, right. and, uh, when you're not as accurate as you want to be early, that can be really painful. If you can spike your dice, it's great, but you can't rely on on dice spiking all the time to win you games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say this from the get-go, is uh, I am pretty sure that my deck is going to fail horribly against somebody that's being extremely passive. And I think that there are some options in there to get around that, to get some early seed glory. Uh, but if I get longboarded and can't get the right objectives in hand. I don't think that this deck works well. So I think it's fun. I love Velmorn. They're probably my second, eh, maybe third favorite warband of the 60 or so that we have. Um, yeah. Um, but to say that they're in the top three, I think says a lot for yeah. my love for them. Um, but so with all of that being said, um, I think that the masks can help shore up a lot of the shortcomings that they have on the objective front in their ability to score passively in the action phase. Um, and so that's where vision of success, uh, audacious aspect mm-hmm. and domino dominance and even feast of violence, like those four surges come into play. Um, and so credit where credit is due to Jason for pointing out domino dominance. Um, there are not many like this, but score this immediately after a power step. If one or more surviving inspired friendly fighters have a mask upgrade. Um, so scoring after a power step. So all I have to do is put a mask upgrade on an inspired fighter and I will score this after that power step is done. So you don't get the glory going in, you know, like I can't use that glory to seed upgrades for subsequent turns, but, um, but it's really good, and all it requires is a glory to score another glory. Um, mm-hmm. And Thelmorn has an auto-inspire mechanic. So at the end of every power step, you can inspire one of the uninspired Graveguard. Yeah. Um, but if we're talking first turn, much like Jason, uh, I want hereditary claims. So this is probably the one that I'm mulliganing for more often than not 
in turn one. And this is the dual in phase. Your whole band, war band holds two or more objectives and one or more of those objectives is not in your territory. So I don't have to have killed anyone to score this. All it requires is for me to move Velmorn onto an objective somewhere in my territory and then move somebody onto an objective in no one's territory or enemy territory. And so that, like Jason's um, objective, what was it? Which was it? March of the Dead. Um, this is the one that can give you that seed glory going into turn two. It's going to give you your seed glory for getting masks out. Um, and then outside of that, uh, it, it also aligns with audacious aspect too. So if you, can it does. That, that <laughs> um, yeah. So it'll get you half of audacious aspect. Um, if you've got three, if you've got two other objectives in your territory, then you can score um, vision of success. Yeah. Um, with it on a search, then you're, you know, you're not, you're doing non Velmorny things at that point in that you're not attacking to try to get the inspire. Um, but in the, in the early stages, uh, you almost always want hereditary claims. And then on the search side, if you can either get feast of violence or relentless unity, um, you're going to want those early. So feast of violence is three or more range one or range two attack actions, each made in a, separate activation. Uh, and then relentless unity is either a uh, successful supported friendly attack or uh, failed attack on a supported fighter. And since Velmorn starts with a command counter at the beginning of every phase, all of your grave guard are supported starting with the first action step. So all it requires, I mean, somebody could come in and just miss, right? Right. And on a grave guard, and then they've got, that I mean that you've got glory and now you can put a mask on and start doing some work. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I really like the uh the alignment between hereditary claims and audacious aspect. So it's some stuff you're looking to get hopefully early. That's awesome. And then like you said, you know, the more Velmorny things of supporting attacks and stuff like that. Yeah. Um and then so we've talked about some of your your objectives deck and kind of what your initial goals are. So you're pretty heavy on the gambits into the masks, sir. There's six out of your ten in here that are that are masks um, gambits. Um, yeah, there's a lot of positional cards in here. Um, so why don't you talk through what's your favorite ones that like what you, like is like you said we're seeing early. What are you looking for? early on to try and get yeah, so off. Yeah, so to kick things off early, um, Redoubled Fervor. So this is a, a Velmorn. Uh, you know, if a Graveguard fails, you can try again. And if yeah. you remove a command counter, you get plus one dice. Um, and that one's pretty nice because if you, say, move Velmorn with your first activation, well, now he's got two command counters on him. Mm-hmm. So the Graveguard goes in, you remove the command counter, he still has one, so he still counts as supporting, and you but you get the dice. extra dice. That's good. So there's even better potential for that attack being A, successful, and you know ideally having a crit in it. Um, I like Deadly Maneuver early as well. So if you've got two fighters up front, um, you can use Deadly Maneuver to move a fighter, push a fighter three hexes. Um, as before an attack happens. So it helps you maneuver your kind of slower fighters around. Um, and then 
one that uh you know i think it can either be good early to help start your inspire train um but you don't hate it if it comes out late when you need to start landing those critical attacks and that's shuddering violence so this is choose a friendly fighter stagger the chosen fighter plus one dice to the first range of one or two attack actions made by the chosen fighter in the next activation um and then if they have an upgrade then you get to reroll all your dice so this could i would do this last ideally you've let your opponent go first um so you do this with your last activation so the stagger doesn't matter. You're getting an extra dice. It gives you an opportunity to inspire. I use this to inspire Jedrin uh, in one of my games. And uh, yeah, it feels pretty nice when Jedrin finally gets to inspire for once. Um, but it's another good way to get Velmorn and one of the Graveguard inspired to start your train rolling. So you said reroll all. I think it is it reroll one or reroll all? Reroll. Oh, reroll one. It's reroll. Yeah. One. Sorry, I was thinking of the mask upgrade that lets you reroll all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just for our listeners who yeah, aren't I appreciate that. Yeah. That to to say yeah. Uh, hey, I get to reroll all my dice. Um, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Don't be like Jerry. Plus one dice pl- with a reroll is basically plus two dice. Yes. Pretty good. Yep. Um, any other note notable ones that you really? enjoy that aren't necessarily early yeah so taking over is awesome uh especially Mm -hmm. for these guys because then you can do uh the eternal smile plus one damage um you can do the frostbitten veil which is re-roll each dice yeah um i uh wombo comboed a frostbitten veil on uh thane fourth and last um with heirloom weapon. So he was scything for two with Grievous and re-rolling all dice. Um, it was, it was pretty gnarly. That's pretty gross. Uh, you, you want to guarantee some crits roll three dice with full re-rolls. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Anyway. So taking over, I think is probably, uh, my favorite. And then one that I included that, um, it it might be I think it's a bubble. I would yeah, just I have to say, f- figure like, out. Like, is there? Are you have any bubble cards that you're looking? Yeah. At so revealed play? aspect is one. Um, early, it's you just get to draw another card, so it's a net zero, right? You could mm-hmm. have just drawn that card instead of having it, but it's nice kind of mid game if you've got a fighter out of action that has a mask that you want, or you don't have any masks in hand and you need one. Um, then you get to pick one off your dead fighter, um, or uh, if you've got the heirloom weapon and you just sent somebody in to do plus one damage mm. and then they died, well, now you can pick that heirloom weapon back up and give it to another fighter because mm. it says just get give the chosen fighter one upgrade from your hand or power discard pile. Like it. I like it. So it, I've heard you say a couple of upgrades that seem to be kind of your f- favorite talking points, which it seems that uh frostbitten veil is pretty good for you. Yep. Um, and then also heirloom weapon is just a plus one damage and any just natural plus one damage yep. um, is going to be excellent. Um, any other ones? Uh, have you, you made good use of Vitrix eye, for example, or, you know, Stuff like that. Yeah, so Vitrix's eye is nice because it gives you range, which the Warband does not have at all. Right. Um, and where you don't have action economy, like the Sepulchral Guard, um, you know, 
being able to make an, an attack without having to charge can be useful. Can mm-hmm. do that one damage down. Um, I have on occasion spiked the crit, so it does grievous, right? And nice. so now not only am I doing two damage to something, but I'm also inspiring. Um, it lets you inspire before you go in. Um, and then Jason called this one out, but Envy Shroud, right? Taking a grave guard from oh yeah, um, from three wounds to four. Uh, when you couple that with Shaishan Infusion, which is a heal too, it can be like that can be a oh my entire last activation, all of the energy that I just spent to put two damage on that grave guard, yeah, it's now and make him vulnerable. Well, now not only did you undo all of that damage, but you also gave him another wound. So now I have to do that again. And as Jason said, like the three wound fighter requiring two attack actions to go through in the world that we live in where a lot of fighters do one damage. Well, now a four wound fighter might be three attack actions to get down. So I just want to, I just want to mention how well MV shroud is written too. like, yes, it's plus one wound. There is no, like it can go on a large fighter. Yep. But I really like like when you give this to a fighter, if the fighter has other upgrades, break those cards. Yeah. So like not even in the decks that we're talking about, but just like if you played it where you're kind of Voltrining up one fighter and this doesn't right. come out in the way that you want it, like it's so it's just a little nuance that I really appreciate. Um I think in the context with Jared and I, which which we're using in, it's probably the only upgrade that's going on the fighter anyway, but it is a nice little touch. Yeah. 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 And then the sleeper is, is Praetorian. Um, And I have used this to basically just let Belmorn do whatever he wants to do in action phase three. Um, Because, you just keep Jedrin close enough and say, oh, no, you're not going to fight. You can't attack Velmorn. You have to attack me. Um, and that can keep Velmorn on an objective that he needs. You know, if I'm trying to get protected inheritance, um, you know, that mm. it just has a lot of uses. Um, yeah, it's yeah. pretty slick. I would say playing against you, playing the mask Sons of Velmorn. I found it more interesting, but like, what do you prefer? You like the masks or do you like your forced, I'm or, sorry, your fearsome fortress. Fearsome fortress. Yeah. So I think, so fearsome fortress, I think has better passive in phase. Um, and I think the ceiling is higher, uh, between conquer domain stockpile and man, the walls. There any in phase denial yeah. in fearsome fortress. So if you have hereditary claims to glory for being on things, you don't have to kill anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, conquer domain. You have to be in the fortress zone. And I, I mean, I have scored four glory off of that card before with Sons of Belmorn. If you get the right upgrades on, if the objectives are in the right spot, or you can move them with Mason's Great Hammer. Um, if you have the upgrade on that says that you count as being on a feature token. I, I count it as a two glory in phase. Anything that you get above that is, is, you know, is bonus. Bonus. Um, stockpile, be on two objectives or any number of objectives that add to six or more. And then uh, man the walls. I mean, that's eight 
in phase glory. And that's, I mean, that's the coveted in phase is the two glory in phase. Mm-hmm. Um, masks has a sneaky two glory in phase and hooded stranger. So you need somebody with a mask in enemy territory. And if nobody's next to them, then it's two glory. Um, so like the actual ceiling on my Velmorn mask deck is 15, but I think it's a lot higher than that for my Velmorn um, fortress deck. Uh, I can tell you right now. Yeah, so the the glory, if you count Conquer Domain as one glory, is 17. The glory ceiling in my fortress deck is 17. Really, you should call it's it 18. Probably 18 or 19. So it's 18 and 16 is what the difference is. Yeah, yeah. Which is which can be big, right? I am a lot more comfortable ditching a two glory in phase in my fortress deck than I am. So here's in, my next question, though. In masks, do you feel like do you feel like your surge scoring is easier or harder in this deck versus fortress? No, uh, it's definitely easier in in this one, but it, the order changes. So right. you want your surges super early. Mm-hmm. in fortress that's not necessarily them, the case here yeah you want them mid mid late game yeah where it might not matter anymore yeah i know i don't know i i think they're both fun i think fortress probably plays into velmorn a little better mm-hmm. that counter punch mm-hmm. but to jason's point i think the masks gives you i think there's a lot here and i think that it gives you Ways to play warbands that have been around. Ways to go back to your favorites. Um, just because the scoring is kind of universal. Mm-hmm. Um, any warband can be on an objective, an odd-numbered or an even-numbered objective. Any warband can throw a mask onto an inspired fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Any warband can have a fighter in enemy territory with a mask on with nobody adjacent. That's... That's that's none of those are contrary to most warbands, and I think that's right. the thing that excites me most about the mask deck. Mm-hmm. And it's I don't think it's something that we keyed on in our initial review of it. Um, that is definitely worth talking about is just how versatile this deck can be for a lot of warbands. Yeah, and that it it can fill in tiny cracks like the Sepulchral Guard. It can fill in big cracks like Sons of Elmorn have. And I'd be interested to see you know, how it plays with other warbands. I'm excited to see what other players in the meta do with it. Um, another warband that comes to mind is, which is very different than the two that you guys are doing is Drom. Um, to me, cause like, yeah, it's doing a lot of the same things that they're wanting to do, which is be kind of mid board. Um, and take some of that, aggro out of them a little bit. I mean, Vitrix's eye on any of them. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying is like, there's, there's, they love plus one damage. They like rerolls, <laughs> but the problem yeah. is, is that, so there's, there's a couple things, right? With the way that the game plays now, where if you have three charge tokens, you can make another action. That's right. That's a little different world. If we were like, if it was, um, well, so there's there's other things too. Like you 
you could charge with two fighters, move with another, take a mask action. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, with a three fighter warband. Um, yeah. yeah. Or if anyway. you've got the masks out and you're in a good spot, you take, I mean, you, you, you do frostbitten veil or eternal smile as your first action. And right. so now drum and in, say inspire drum at range four, move four, range two is getting full rerolls or the goal Hulk is getting full rerolls. Right. If you can get them out early and that's your first action, like you're getting a lot of value out of that, out of those beefy models. No. You know? no. Um, probably one of those harebrained trace ideas that'll never work, but that's okay. Um, still fun to think about. Um, but no, these are awesome. I'm really excited that you guys are enjoying this, these, this rivals deck and that you guys have found, you know, obviously with, any rivals deck, like there's going to be some repetition in the cards that you're putting in your decks, but to see how heavily Jared leaned into the masks versus how Jared and Jason didn't like splash them in is just a really awesome testament to how helpful this deck can be for a large number of warbands. Um, so do you guys have any other like closing thoughts you want to say before we wrap up this segment and, it to the uh yeah so one i do have another deck idea for masks that has yet to be tested so this is just theory and it's called markov's masquerade so so more uh, undead so more undead but it leans differently into the masks so um this is with the exile dead and instead of going to the hold kind of side of the mask it's into the attack side of the masks okay um yes the upgrades still are just focused on mask upgrades and then the rest is kind of the war band but it's the the objectives that really really change where i have death's visit death's visage which is an attack the domino which we talked about but then feast of violence which i didn't have jared had in his um and then uh, because you can raise this warband so easily and efficiently, you get completed pack, which you get a bunch of mask upgrades out, um, hooded stranger, which is a little bit easier, uh, and then solid spread. And then I don't know if we touched in the mask episode, but if you get masks on Regulus and, and Varkov, I'm sorry, Varkov, Regulus and Markov, like his puppeteer action you could actually make the action of the mask. So um, you're getting even more efficiency out of that reroll or the plus one damage. Yeah, that's pretty spicy. Um, and then I know that Tyler in our local group has been playing um, Grimwatch, yet another death war band with masks. Um, and he, he has been playing them very effectively. And I think there's a lot of play there with that, that matchup as well. Um, and it leads me to my last kind of comment that I wanted to bring up on this episode. Uh, as I was reflecting on the masks the other day, and we were just talking about um, Underworlds in general from the Nemesis format, it really made me appreciate why Nemesis, I think it's the best the game has ever been in that format. In the fact that, you know, we had this new deck come out. But as I went back and tried Sepulchral Guard... I realized 
there were some other pairings that we made very early in the Nemesis format, i.e. Shadeborn and Daring Delvers, that I haven't picked up in quite some time. And unlike Championship, when we were playing that, when there was ever a new set release, it kind of shifted all decks, right? Like, because you got a new injection of cards and just a few number of those cards could go into the decks that you were playing and working for Warband. In Nemesis, when you get a new deck, it doesn't change the deck that you're playing. Yes, the meta might shift. You might be a new play style with like Force of Frost or a new Warband that comes out like Heffalump or um, the Thricefold. But going back to those decks that we built, whatever it was, a year and a half ago now with those Warbands, they're still very viable and still can be very effective. So I just really appreciate that it's kind of easier to go back in time now. And the effort that you do put into building a deck kind of stays with you for longer, for two years, instead of constantly having to to find something new. So, yeah, that's a good shout out. I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective of your decks are a little bit more evergreen than they were before. Um, and then also just, I, I just want to point out too, that you've talked about two older war bands, like with sepulchral guard. Yes. They've had a refresh, right? but they're still one of the OG war bands. And then you've also have Grimwatch that's Tyler's playing that up until this point hadn't really had a lot of play with a lot of other decks. Like I've played a couple games with the um, Pass to Prophecy with them um, because it kind of leans into that really fast objective hold that they have. Um, but, you know, the thought of playing masks with um grimwatch is a really cool idea um so just that's something that i really appreciate about the way that we're doing the decks now is that it just breathes an injection into some of the older stuff that we may not have seen um with each one that comes out so yeah cool stuff guys nice work thanks yeah um, I'm excited to lose to both of these decks at some point. Um, and with that, I think we will uh, wrap up this segment and get back with the outro and talk about Nova soon. And we're back, and that will bring us to the end of this, the 58th episode of the Battle Mallet Podcast. Um, as always, we want to say thanks for listening. Um, and, uh, you know, if you can like, smash that subscribe button, hit the bell, hit the star, hit the heart, whatever it is that you're doing, um, that'll just let our content get out to more listeners um, who then can smash that like subscribe button bell and it will just be a chain effect and it will be like in the wayne's world movie where they'll tell their friends and they'll tell their friends and the next thing you know it'll be the battle mallet world and not anybody else's just kidding we don't care that much Mm -hmm. um we are on all of the social medias we are battle mallet one on x formerly known as twitter we are battle mallet pcast on instagram we are 
Battle Mallet Podcast on Facebook. That was the only one that we could secure. I don't know how that happened, but it did. Uh, we have a Discord um, that you can come and hang out. Uh, Trace mentioned the photo galleries, the pictures that we share throughout that. Uh, we post a lot on socials, but uh, there are a lot more pictures and engagement happening in our Discord. I'm always happy to chat and meet uh, listeners and fans and foes there. Um, I do want to shout out uh, Derek, Captain Murder, Murder Trekwear. Uh, he wrote up a deck guide for the deck that he won LVO with that is hosted on our blog. Um, I posted that everywhere, but if you haven't had a chance to read it, you should go check that out. Um, I will probably write up a deck guide for this Velmorn's Visages uh, deck at some point, uh, but Jason is definitely not going to write up a guide for his because he does not write. I might see if I can goad him into just giving me some bullet points and I'll write it up. <laughs> um, but with that said, if you have a deck that you think is cool, you should let us know what it is. We are more than happy to put it on the Nemesis deck library. Uh, credit you for the creation of that deck. And I can work with you to help write up a deck guide. I have a form that you can fill out that you just give me the bullet points and I can do the writing. Or if you're a writer yourself, uh, we'd be happy to host that content on our blog. Um, upcoming events. Uh, Adepticon. Cherokee is this weekend. If you are not already going to Cherokee, this episode is probably going to drop while Cherokee is happening. So, I mean, maybe you could go. Uh, it could still happen, but Adepticon I think is the big one. All of the big Games Workshop US Open events have been announced. So there's Dallas, Tampa, Tacoma, and Worlds. Yeah. In Atlanta. I think Atlanta. that's it. Yeah, and the WTC over in Warsaw in May. Oh yeah. So for all of our European listeners, go check that out. And then th- there's one in the end of August, beginning of September, I think that registration starts in a week. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, it's a small con. Nothing important. Yeah. It's only um, what this know what podcast about. is centered around. Yeah. So. It's, only, it's only how we got started. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, if you're going to Nova, uh, get your ticket. Uh, get your, you register for your ticket on, on Friday. I think the hotel block opens up mid-March, um, unless you get like a dwarf for a supernova. Um. I think that's it. Any other closing thoughts? <laughs> Talking about Nova just makes me like ring, 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 ring. Hello. It <laughs> all began in the back of the charger. <laughs> yeah, it did. Oh my gosh. That was quite the trip. Uh, all right. So for the Battle Mallet podcast, uh, this we are, I don't know what we are tonight. We are Titan Tech Support. Titan Tech Support. This is Jared signing out. <laughs> this is Trace signing out. And I'm Jason Table New Murray. Get the hell out of here, brother. Peace. Battle Mallet Podcast is protected under the Creative Commons license. If you have further questions as to its use, you can find more information via links on podcast.battle-mallet.com.
Music by Anno Domini Beats. Well, now um, we got to restart the whole thing. Well, what the f- were you thinking, uh, Trace? Uh, Jesus, uh, Mary uh, and Joseph. Uh, this is off. Uh, God, 